is What Shall We Do About with Sam Robinson. Hello and welcome to What Shall We Do About, the show that tries to improve or even fix some of the world's less pressing issues. Today, we're talking about gardening. Now, I don't want you to turn off because uh, you might be like me, not a hugely keen gardener and no signs of green thumbs. But I do know that gardening is good for you and good for our world. I just don't have the motivation to do it. And I'm concerned that a lot of people see it as a more older person thing to be doing. So what shall we do about gardening? Joining me on the show this week is one half of Hit Network's Collective Noun and garden enthusiast, Zach Mander, who joined me recently to talk all things gardening. Zach Mander, hello. Hello, good to be here. I like the fact that I've known you for a little while. Uh-huh. And one thing that's always fascinated me about you is that you are into radio, you're into sketch comedy, but you're also a keen gardener. That's right. I am a keen gardener. Is gardening going to be in the title of this podcast? Are you confident that people are going to click on it? Are people willing to listen to, you know, almost 30 minutes of gardening chat? It is called Gardening with Zach Mander. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, well, then maybe no one is listening. I'm not going to lie. I did approach Costa. Oh, did you? Unavailable. <laughs> Graham Ross, unavailable. Jamie Jury, definitely not available. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Uh, you're my expert. Though, well, uh, I would be happy to be second to Costa. <laughs> that would be a dream of mine to be his right-hand man. Have you noticed how in the last, even in the last year, he's kind of got cult status? Yeah, definitely. But don't you think that was about the time where I started watching Gardening Australia. So I feel like it was like um, I got on to understanding who Costa was and then all of a sudden he's like huge. You're claiming it. I'm not claiming it. I think I just like um, I got on the ship at the right time. (laughs) The Costa ship. Before he got the Gold Logie nomination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gold Logie for Gardener. Isn't that crazy? Pretty good. Mm. Now, who do you think would win in a gardening battle between Costa and Graham Ross? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know who Graham Ross is. You don't, What? Who's Graham Ross? Better Homes and Gardens, Graham right. Ross. No, see, I'm more of the non-commercial gardening programs so on the you, ABC. So you just, you're just you an ABC boy. You I'm never ABC touch boy. Better Homes and Gardens I've or never The Living watched, Room. I've never watched either of those programs. I've watched over 60 or 70 hours of Gardening Australia. Um, so you would say that you don't need to turn to any other source for gardening tips, except for gardening Australia. Well, the other one I have watched is Monty Don. He's an English gardener. And I've watched uh, on Netflix as a program, Big Dream, Small Spaces. Okay, let's go to Monty Don. Uh, he's kind of like the, as far as I can pick up, he's the English Costa because he hosts their version of Gardening Australia. Okay. Is there a different vibe as far as gardening in the UK goes? Yeah, well, because it's like a different climate. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, what are the what are the keen flowers over there, keen plants? Um, or plants? Well, they're a bit more like... Uh, see, I live in Brisbane, which is like uh, subtropical. Yeah. And so, like a lot more of... You, you're kind of less concerned with seasons. Whereas if you're in a location that has distinct seasons and it snows... You, you can't overwinter plants. Do you understand what uh, I mean? And so like the, your plants are going to die off at a certain time every year. So you, that's a big factor in it. And so that's significantly different climates. If you're in subtropical, you know, you can grow things all year round. You face other challenges, but there's a, it's not much use learning about the climate that you're not in. Sure. Because it's not going to help you very much. But you love him. Monty Don. I love Monty Don. I love Costa. Those are my two favorites. And the Netflix show? 
yeah, small, what's it called? Big dreams, small spaces. Look, you're going to have to be pretty into gardening to enjoy any of these shows. Mm. I don't think um, if you have no interest in it, it's not going to be, <laughs> they're not the most captivating but would television. They make, would they make me a keen gardener? Would it transform me, convert me? <sighs> no. <laughs> You'd have to have a pre-existing interest. Okay. okay, fair enough. But maybe if you like, you could have like, uh, I've, I was watching some like gardening YouTube clips, some indoor plant YouTube clips. That was my gateway to Gardening Australia. I ran out of those, and I looked for some other programming. Yeah, and there's a, you know, there's a there's a tiered approach mm. to finding programming about gardening. I'll be honest with you, my wife is really into gardening. Is and she? We have spent many years watching Gardening Australia. Really? More when it was on. I think it was on Saturday nights. Okay. And being you know the the cool kids we are, yeah. that's what we did on a Saturday night. Yeah. Um, and I I lo- I really do enjoy it. Do it's you? Great. There's a quaintness to it. There's but a quaintness I do, to it. I do feel like you're not. Like, how old are you? 30? 29 at the 29. moment. 29. You're not really the target demographic. No, I have early onset gardening. Um, <laughs> but the, they, the, the... But when you're talking about Costa becoming more of a cult following, I have also noticed they, like, they're starting to target younger audiences. Mm. There has been, you know, because I'm just a product of the stimulus in society, you know, so maybe I'm reacting to the same things everyone else is. But like indoor plants have become a big thing for young people. I've noticed Gardening Australia trying to target younger people. I've noticed generally a lot more younger people are interested in growing their own food and stuff like that. And so I do think there's like uh, an increased interest. Mm. Who taught you how to garden? When did where did this love come from? Uh, the sixty hours of Gardening Australia. Really? Yeah, that's like my only. So you, no one taught you growing uh, up. Uh, well, I did agriculture mm. at school and I did biology, but so I had like a basic understanding of that plants need light yes, and water, water and stuff like that. But besides that, no, I, well, I lived in an apartment for five years and had no, absolutely no interest. Yeah. And then I moved into a house that had a backyard and I think I became a vegetarian mm. as well. Mm-hmm. And so the process of becoming a vegetarian, like leading up to that, I was considering where my food came from and, you know, meat. Yep. And so I think through that process, you think about those things. Where do my vegetables come from? For me, it was a natural thing to think, oh, you know, what's that like to grow vegetables? I now have the opportunity to having some space, uh, having a yard and, um, to me, that was like a natural progression. Mm. And I think that's how it happened. I don't really know. I was like, you know, it, we were like slowly, like we bought a couple of plants. I was starting to watch a few YouTube clips. And then like, I was, and then like it was like a steep uh, snowball effect into really liking gardening. And my wife's like, geez, when you get into something, <laughs> you really get into it, don't you? Because like, you know, there was like, it was like, you know, thousands of Bunnings trips, maybe hundreds, I don't know. Yeah. And, um, yeah, hours and hours of gardening programming, and I well, think I probably have like a obsessive, <laughs> obsessive traits. You said you you you've watched sixty to seventy hours of Gardening Australia, and I thought, well, maybe you've always loved gardening, no, and this is something over a long time. One year, in one year, yeah. So, how does that or work? Do you maybe sit eighteen do, months. Do you binge Gardening Australia? Well, is okay, possible? So I'll tell you how I watched all of it. So I it used to be on for half an hour. 
and it's yes. moved to an hour now. But they have like they have maybe eighty hours on the app, right? And I have to I don't have to. I enjoy consuming either reading or watching something while I eat breakfast. And I have I work at in the middle of the night, which means when I wake up in the mid morning, uh, there's no one else around. I'm by myself. Yeah. And so I'm not eating breakfast with anyone. I'm just sitting there. And so I started to watch like I think I watched like maybe like an episode a day, like the half an hour ones. Yeah. And I did that for six months. That is incredible. And I think I might have watched it too, because as you say, it kind of is, does have a bit of a, uh, it's very slow and Mm. kind of mellow vibe. Yeah. I think I was watching it like on my phone when I was going to bed as well, which isn't great sleep hygiene, but you know, um, yeah. So I ran out of ones on the app. I've watched every single episode on the app. For those who haven't seen the show, I mean, it's an Australian institution, but if you're listening overseas, if you stumbled across this, it's basically uh, every state has a different That's right. presenter. That's right. So there's like six different presenters. Yes. And they all bring a story each. Basically. Yeah. But the the Queensland correspondent is Jerry. That's right. Have you met Jerry? I haven't met Jerry. Have you, have I've you never been looking, seen Jerry. You've been looking for Jerry? Never looked for Jerry. He's described Jerry. He's got like a British guy with glasses. Yes. Very excited. So they all have, this is getting very technical about gardening Australia. They have very different, uh, they all bring different things. And Jerry, uh, you know, sure, he's a great gardener. He's not exactly the style of things that I'm into. It's like very technical. Right. Very scientific. Whereas I'm into the more practical side of it. So Costa, Millie, Tino, these are my favorite presenters. I have a tiered system. I will I only stop at the top three so that I don't want to do <laughs> the it's bottom like, three because <laughs> I like, feel like that won't be fair for them. Like a MySpace. Yes. Pick. Can, I, can I tell you something that's going to make you very excited? What's that? I've been to the patch in Hobart. Have you? I've been to Tino's playground. If you've seen the show, Tino's the Tassie guy. Yes. And he's got a patch. I think it's Botanic Gardens That's in Hobart. Right. And we were in, my wife and I were there for Falls Festival a number of years ago. Yeah, and we're like, go. we're driving through Hobart. We have to see the patch. Well, it's so funny, man. I flying into Sydney two days ago, I was looking out the window and I turned to my wife and I said, as we're coming in yeah. over Sydney, I said, honestly, from the sky, I think I just saw a community garden that I've seen on Gardening Australia. You know, there's this, wow. it was like this circular one that had a distinct style of garden beds. And I'm like, I think that's, I, I recognize it as like I'm star spotting community gardens. That's the level of uh, obsession, obsession that I have. I've also now, I've, like in 18 months of liking gardening, I've um, tailored holidays around visiting gardens. Yeah, I was As in, in like ones that have been on the show? Not or? necessarily. So I was in Japan a few months ago. And we took a fairly significant detour. We went uh, six hours on the high-speed train out yeah. of our way to spend two nights in this town that had a world-famous garden in it and um, and stuff like that. So, you know, it's, it really does take over your life sometimes. Well, yeah. if you let it. What kind of stuff was in that garden? I'm curious. Um, I don't know that much about Japanese gardens. They have, like, a whole philosophy behind it. Um, I think it's one of those things that you, like you enjoy walking through. They have like the koi ponds and they have tea houses. So you do like a tea ceremony. Yeah. um, You know, they have wisteria and um, a lot of, I don't know, all these different types of plants. But 
it's the type of thing that I'm sure if I was more educated in the philosophies of the garden layout, you know, you'd get different things at different levels. Yeah. You know, so there's, I don't really know. Water's a big part of it. Running water's a big part of it. I think um, like vantage points are a big part of it. Um, I'm not totally positive though. Yeah. But it was like an enjoyable walk around. That's cool. Yeah. We've talked a lot about your love for gardening Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're listening to this, Costa, get in touch. Oh, actually... I've tried to get in touch with Costa. Have you? I tag him in stuff all the time. And no response? Um, Not yet, no. Oh. But I'm hoping for it one day. Well, because I called... I think it was because I was calling them out because I think they copied a segment from the UK version of Gardening Australia. And maybe they didn't want to respond to that. What was it? You've got to tell you know, us now. They, they do a Jobs for the Weekend, which I was watching gardening world which is the uk version yeah and they do the same thing and jobs for the weekend like, oh my goodness see if you watch better homes and gardens do they and they're do like they well? do a similar thing but then it's uh, like you have to go to bunnings it's sponsored by bunnings yes yeah, so the then they the cross to the ones. Oh. i've watched ones before where it's like we're getting so nitty-gritty into gardening programming now but it's like 100 <laughs> percent just ad related content so like yeah. every segment is just a product and i'm not really into that i'm into like more i try to buy as minimal amount of stuff as possible. Yeah. I try to like source things from around the place. And so I don't really like synthetic fertilizers and stuff like that. And so not really into buying the products. They're just like, I saw this like one once where it's just like this synthetic fertilizer and how you, um, how you apply it to the garden. And it's like, they just spread it out. And I'm like, how is that interesting thing to watch? I yeah. We're going to move on from gardening Australia. But I would like to pitch that once I finish this podcast series, yes. you and I do a week-by-week commentary on Gardening Australia as a podcast. I would love to do that. I was going to do that last year. I was going to do a... Um, as a part of our radio show, I was going to do a Gardening Australia recap each week, but I was going to do it really in-depth. Like, oh, you know, right. it wasn't yeah. going to be, it wasn't going to be a two minute radio segment. I was going to do an hour podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, like yeah. going into details about what I liked and didn't like. So yeah, I'd love to do that. We should. What stopped you from doing it the first time? I don't know. Okay. Just, you know, sometimes <laughs> you have like, uh, when you make a radio show, there's a thousand ideas and you can only fit 10 into a night. Yeah. And so some ideas you like, you just never get around to doing. Your wife mentioned that once you get into something, you really get into it. Mm. What is it that you love about gardening so much? Um, I like a lot of things about it. I think um, it's good to be outside. I like being outside. I like, I've always liked plants and stuff like that, bushwalking and, and stuff. I think what I like about growing things is um, it's like very slow and you can't rush it. Mm. And so we, we, there's like, I can order food straight to my location right now and Uber Eats. Yeah. Um, I can watch whatever I want. I don't even have to wait for a program to be on TV anymore. Like we used to have to wait to seven o'clock on Wednesday to watch your show each week. You can watch the whole season whenever you want. But with if you want to grow plants, there's no way of making it any faster. It's like you have to wait the three or four months until it's ready. And I like being a part of that. I think it's cool to be a part of that that seasonality. Mm. And um, yeah, it feels like that you're participating in the world at a pace that it was more designed to be lived at. I think sometimes like cutting so many corners, it doesn't have the best results. Mm. 
you know and so like um i'll go like we can't grow for example i live in brisbane and we can't grow spinach at like this time of year right. or from basically around about now through summer and we're and, talking this is october we're recording this in october yeah and it's like starting like my spinach now is just where we've had a heat we've had a bit of heat at the moment and like i think it's about to bolt it's about to go to seed which means it's about to die and um but then like uh, like in the middle of summer i'll be able to get spinach from the supermarket yeah like where's that spinach coming from you can't grow it in southeast queensland so you know so it's either coming a long way or it's probably being made in a um like hydroponics kind of setup yeah um but i'm like there comes to a point where it's like well yeah you can bend the world around whatever you want so that we can manipulate seasons you know, we can artificially grow things, but like at what point is it so removed from mm. the natural environment that you don't want to participate anymore? Totally. Mm. Yeah. I never really thought about it like that, mm. but it is weird. It's often, you know, when you see product of so-and-so on your vegetables, yeah. Yeah, I'm always a bit hesitant to go for it because I think it can't be fresh. Yeah. Well, some of the fruits like from overseas and stuff like that, it gets like deep frozen and I'm not like, I don't think it's necessarily bad for you no i could be wrong maybe it is but like i'm not someone to say like oh it's really bad for you it's just like i don't know it's coming a long way i'm like you're coming on those ships i'm like what's that doing to the environment mm. i don't know i think yeah. it's probably better to go local as as local as you can which is your backyard right which is the backyard which is small scale farming which is um so you call what you're doing small scale farming no 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 but there's i have a friend who like is it has a small scale farm right and um he sells produce to like local cafes and stuff like that and um you know it's probably better than shipping it from america totally so what are you what are you growing in your backyard what what's going well i recently replaced all of the fences and so that was kind of a project that meant that i have not grown a lot in the last couple of months but like i don't know lots of herbs tomatoes um I'm hoping that I have a coffee tree that I'm hoping is going to, has just flowered that I'm hoping is going to. Coffee gonna, tree. Yeah. I uh, didn't even know you could get such a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Is it so, is it common for people to grow coffee trees or is it uh, a Brisbane probably. thing or? Oh, uh, well, I think they grow well in like a Brisbane environment. Sure. I think like a subtropical environment is good for them. Yeah. I think maybe even more tropical. I'm not positive about that. But um, yeah, they have like a berry, which they haven't come on yet. I've been growing it for a few years. Um, but it just flowered for the first time. So I'm hoping you know, the berries are going to follow and then you take the berries off and you get the bean out and you dry the bean and you roast the bean and you grind the bean and then you can make your own coffee. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Is there a sense of satisfaction when you are preparing dinner Yeah. and you find so much of what you use on your plate you've mm. grown in your backyard? Well, especially if you're, like I'm a vegetarian. Yes. And so like uh, it is, the satisfaction comes from like if you have kind of like staples in your cupboard and then you can kind of like, you don't have any idea for dinner and it's like 5.30 or 6 or whatever. But then you can like piece stuff together. You're like, oh, that's, we've got this growing in the garden. We've got this, this and this. And you can kind of cobble a dinner together. That's mm. I find that very satisfying to think like, oh, I didn't have to go to the shops. Like obviously I'm using things that I have purchased, yes. but I didn't have to go to the shops or I didn't have to, um, you know, I had a plan with half an hour and we were able to you know, make a dinner. Yeah. And yeah, sometimes, you know, it's like you're using just parsley, but sometimes you're using 50%, sometimes you're using 80% of things that you've grown. Yeah. Yeah. And that, it's like, um, it's satisfying. Have you had any fails in the backyard? 
Yeah, like majority fails. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, yeah, I put like a garden bed when I first had a garden bed. It was just like in total shade. I didn't realize right. that it, how much light it needed. Costa. Yes, should have told us. Um, no, well, I don't know. I think like I thought like the interesting thing is like I like I test a lot of these things that were said. Sure. So it's like, oh, you can't grow lettuce in summer in Brisbane. I'm like, okay, well, that's, hey, I don't really believe you. And then like, it like goes to seed straight away. I'm like, yeah, hmm, okay, they weren't lying about that one. <laughs> and like, <laughs> and they're like, oh, you need this much light. And I'm like, oh yeah, we'll see about that. And I put it like a garden bed in the shade. And I'm like, okay, they weren't lying about that one. And so like, um, yeah, I made a lot of mistakes, but it's like, you know, if you enjoy the process, it's not really a mistake because the other thing is like, whatever dies, then you put it in the compost. And composting is like super fun. Well, let's and talk then, about, can we talk about composting? Yeah. We have a compost at home. We've also got a worm farm at home. Oh, awesome. very proud of us. Yeah. My wife does most of it. Yeah. But I'm finding it is such a nice thing to think that all this stuff that could have gone in the bin. I mean, I'd love to get chooks as well. Yes. I think chooks would be great for a lot of the food scraps you can't put in the compost. Yes. Tell us about composting for a lot of people seems unachievable. Yeah. It's a big deal to try and, you no, know, you got to. It's super easy. It's well, tell, super easy. Sell it to me. Uh, okay. Well, my friend was talking to me about compost, right? This guy who's a small scale farmer a couple of years ago. And I thought he was, I honestly went home to my wife and I said, I said, uh, she's like, how was it catching up with your friend? I hadn't seen him in a few years. And I'm like, I think he's got a problem. I'm like, I think he's like, he's, he's a bit off kilter. I'm right. like, he's obsessed with composting. Right. <laughs> and then a couple of years later, I'm talking to some friends about my love of composting. And I saw the same look in their eyes that I had when I was talking to my friend a yeah. couple of years before. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> it's come full circle. He's, he's infected me. I'm the, I'm the weird one now. So like I am yeah, really passionate about composting, but it's like you just have a big bin in your yard. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to get a compost bin if you don't want to, mm -hmm. but that's an okay way of doing it. You can have a pile if you want. Um, it's not smelly if you do it right, which is super easy to do right. Um, it doesn't attract rats and stuff if you do it right, which is super easy to do right. Um, but yeah, basically it's just putting your garden and food scraps into a big pile and it gets worms and microbes and insects in it and it all breaks down. And then a few months later, you can use it in your garden or you can just spread it out or you can do whatever you want with it. That's the cool thing. I think you can spend a lot of money getting nice fertilizers stuff. You can grow it in your backyard, tip it out on your yeah. on your plants and you, you save yourself money doing it yourself. 100%. And it like you'd be surprised how much you divert from the bin. Mm. It's heaps. Yeah. Like um, and then if you start collecting stuff from other people, I know that sounds obsessive, but if you get into composting, that's what you'll start doing because it's like strangely fun. I don't know why, but it's like it is a satisfying process. Um, but yeah, so like I collect uh, well until recently because the, unfortunately the cafe is about to shut down. But like I was collecting coffee grounds from the cafe down the road, mm. and um, like they have a massive amount of coffee beans to get rid of. Um, and like that was all just going to landfill. Like we put it in the compost, it like breaks down and then it has like a new life. Yeah. That's great. This podcast is trying to find, uh, ways in which people will kind of turn the way they think about stuff. Right. So 
a lot of people see gardening as something that older people do. Yeah. I mean, Gardening Australia hasn't helped with that, no. with the way that it kind of pitches itself towards that audience. What shall we do about gardening? Well, uh, I think a part of the reason too is access. So traditionally, younger people, and this is becoming more and more, we don't have access to uh, means like a backyard. Mm. Uh, I know in Sydney, I mean, it's hard to garden in rentals, for example. But like, I think more and more people are realizing, oh, you can grow things in pots or indoors or in windowsills and stuff like that. Um, So I don't think necessarily like we need to increase people's interest in gardening. I think what's more important in my opinion, is to increase people's interest in where their food comes from and the process that goes into making their food. Mm. Um, Because I feel like there's a lot of mindlessness towards our consumption of different products. Uh, If we are to consider that a little more, we might come to different outcomes. And um, one of those outcomes might be an increased interest in growing your own food. And so... Like, to get people more interested, I don't really know. Like, I think it is on the increase already. Like, um, Woolworths did the gardening, the seedlings recently that seemed to be really popular from my point of view. I don't know if that was just because of my bubble, like, of yeah. people that I'm around. But I'm like, oh, it looks like... Like, the one I was at yesterday, the Woolworths, they said, oh, we've run out of seedlings. Like, there was a sign up, you know, we can't give out anymore. So, I was like, oh, okay, well, they must have given away more than they had anticipated. Mm. Have you seen... Because I know that, like, my daughter is just about three mm. and we've been planning them with her. Yeah, is and, she into it? And she's into it because, yeah. like, you know, I think it's great because every day we go out the backyard, goes, opens the door, runs over to it, looks in and sees that, you know, something extra has sprouted yeah. just a little bit. What's put water on? I think it's it's doing a good job of teaching kids where food comes from. 100%. Then I've had friends who, like, um, I had a friend who he was at the shops, he was getting some food. He's in his mid-twenties and he asked us, um, and he's like, do you want anything? I was like, yeah, get us a banana. And he came back and he threw a green banana at us. And um, I was like, well, I can't eat this. And yeah. He, and he goes, what do you mean? And he goes, it's not ripe, man. It's a green banana. And he was like, I don't know. I've never seen a banana peeled before. It's just cut up on, you know, like in a, in a smoothie or whatever, usually. Wow. And I was like, oh, like we probably need to do some more to <laughs> like yeah. uh, let people know where their food's coming from and, you know, what the process is that goes into it. Um, and I think, you know, getting kids to grow things is a good idea. And I think they're naturally interested. They're like curious beings, humans are. And I think as children is like a peak of that. Mm. Yeah, they like seeing things grow. Yeah. yeah it's like fun. It's it's not our topic, but you're you've become a vegetarian. Yeah. Is that was that around the same time as you getting into Similar. gardening? Uh, it was like probably a year before. Yeah, but you know, I think that was the same process because I was thinking about uh, it was really the mindless consumption of meat. Like I just wanted to consume less meat. I don't necessarily think that there's a problem eating meat. Like for me, that my decision has been not to eat meat, but it was more the mindlessness around it. Like I was having meat every day. And I'm like, if I was to think about where that came from before every time I consumed meat, would yeah. I do it? Yeah. And uh, the answer was no. <laughs> and so that was like super easy as well. I understand for different people with different requirements, it, it won't be as easy. Um, but like for me, it has been like a really easy process because like I made that decision. 
my wife as well, so that makes it easier because we don't have to do split meals like a lot of people do when you have one vegetarian, one non-vegetarian. Sure. Yes. Um, but it's been something I've really enjoyed, and I'd encourage everyone to you know have a think about where their food comes from and if they're comfortable with that. And if you are, that's cool. Like continue on. And if you're not, maybe you know trial meat-free Mondays or, yeah. you know, uh, just having less meat and having more vegetables and just see how you feel about it. And if it goes well, maybe increase it. Have you got any dreams for expanding what you're currently doing in your backyard? Yeah, 100%. Man. I can't grow anything in the ground in my yard at the moment. Right. So they're all in like raised beds. Um, but I'd love to be able to do that. I want to have like a hobby farm or something like that. Um in the mountains somewhere <laughs> one day, you know, if we can, uh, if I can like do a radio show from like my back shed or something and I don't have to uh, commute anywhere and then I can have like a kind of a nice patch also like involved with the local community garden, um, which is like developing at the moment. We, again, we don't actually have anything in the ground at the moment. We just have containers. Mm. I'm hoping like that will increase and, can you tell us briefly how that operates? So I know that community gardens exist. I'm not involved in mm. one, but what? How does it work? Well, like uh, maybe like a the average way that they would work is like you'd have people who everyone would probably pay a membership to a community garden and you'd all grow food, and then maybe the amount of food is maybe broken. The amount of space might be broken down to like fifty percent might be like community, and mm-hmm. so like you just divvy that up amongst yourselves and and whoever participates in it. Yeah. And then the other 50% might be like dedicated to people, local people who want to hire a bed. Sure. And so they'll pay a higher fee and that way the, the community garden can kind of have a revenue stream. Ours is like just in a process of getting leases and stuff at the moment. Okay. And that's been a process of like a couple of years really. And so we're at a point where we're not actually... Uh, growing heaps at the moment. We just kind of have some like proof of concept wicking beds. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, you just like pay a membership fee and participate. It's like a community group like anything else, like, you know, the bridge club or the soccer club or the um, knitting club or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Before you go, would you ever want to be the new Jerry on Gardening Australia? Well, Jerry, if you're listening, I'm not coming after you, Jerry. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> Uh, see those guys too. If it like, unless it was to change, they have like. See, I kind of have like a m- more media background with an interest in gardening. Yes, they kind of have like a gardening background with an interest in media. Yes, and so like they all have like horticulture degrees and like thirty years experience, and like I could bring a passion to it and enthusiasm, but I mean like. I don't know. Like when they talk about the science and stuff, I'm like, I just like growing things. That's what the internet's for. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's what the research is. And like even like, um, even like I like do the social media for my community garden group. And like, if I'm like sharing any information, I have to like Google it like 10 times to make sure that it's correct. Cause I'm like petrified that someone in the comments is going to be like, you know, (laughs) actually that's not true for that plant or whatever. Um, You can't grow spinach in Brisbane at summertime. Exactly. And so, uh, no, it's not particularly a dream of mine to be on the show, but, uh, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. They haven't, they've like, they've never, there's like, there's been guest presenters and stuff like that. It's been never 
anything that I'm good at. <laughs> so, like, it's never, uh, they're, they're all people I'm like, oh, yeah, you are really experienced in farmer or chef or something like that. And I'm like, if you need a radio announcer <laughs> who's interested in gardening, I might be able to help. Well, as far as this podcast is concerned, you're our gardening expert. And yes. you've convinced me and hopefully others to give it a crack. Give and it a crack, man. Grow something and see how it goes. Excellent. Zach Mander, thank you for joining me. Oh, it's been a pleasure. My thanks to Zach Mander. You can find his gardening adventures on Instagram at Zach Mander. And also on your radio Monday to Thursday nights from 11pm as part of Collective Noun. And you probably found him on the couch most mornings catching up on Gardening Australia. Thanks so much for listening. I really, really appreciate it. And I would love for you to subscribe and maybe even rate and review the show if you enjoyed it. You can follow me on Twitter at Sam Square Eyes. And this show is on Instagram at What Shall We Do Pod. What Shall We Do About is hosted and produced by me, Sam Robinson, with production support from Ali Barnes and original theme music by Chad Gardner. See you next week.